Hi, and welcome back to Stand Partners for Life. I'm Nathan Cole. I'm Akiko Taramoto. And today we are talking about conductors, and not just because we see a conductor all the time at work, see many conductors. There's actually a special reason. That's because you are going to be a featured guest on another podcast. Yeah. I, I couldn't be more proud. It's like a spinoff of Stand Partners. <laughs> it's great. We, we got a uh, call from the great show Every Little Thing, which is a Gimlet Media show. They answer or try to answer questions that you can't find out just by Googling. So, a recent example was how do police sketch artists really, you know, can they really come up with a picture that's so close to the person you're thinking of? And they went through it. It was really fascinating. And all the episodes come from listener questions. So, it's actually a great idea for, for this show. It's true. But, um, steal that. I know. I think I might. They actually play the call. You know, if someone calls in and leaves a message, it's very 90s. They have to leave a message on a machine. And so, in this case, you know, someone was calling up to say, if I were ever the victim of a crime, I would be the worst witness. Like, there, there was no way the police could ever pick up the person because I wouldn't be able to describe to a sketch artist anybody's face. I'm the worst. And I really don't believe that a sketch artist could help me do they really work? And so they actually found sketch artist. So that was the expert on the call. And they had this person describe his best friend, I believe it was. Uh-huh. And, and it worked? And it worked. Oh, yeah. that's too much pressure. I can't I can't produce on this level tomorrow. Oh yeah. Well, so yeah, in this episode they have someone asking about conductors and about all kinds of things that go on in orchestra rehearsals and concerts. And so that is going to be you. Now, you do have yeah. to share the episode with a conductor yes. in addition to the caller. So, not in real time, but yeah. Right. And so, since you might, I don't know, you might feel like you couldn't say everything you wanted to about a conductor, who knows? We thought this might be, and that, you know, that they might not give you all the airtime you might. <laughs> Did you say like. this conductor? Um, <laughs> right. I mean, I, I hope that I won't be carrying the entire episode. It would be funny if I described my ideal conductor and somehow I just synthesized this person to see if they were really an effective leader. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. That would be like conductor, the, the, the equivalent artist. of the sketch artist, but I won't be doing that. I'll just be pontificating. So, you know, look for that episode. The show again is Every Little Thing. It's a great show. You should subscribe anyway. But yeah, listen for Akiko's episode coming out hopefully in the next month. So, today is our chance before that happens to expand on this idea of conductors and yeah i mean speaking of people calling in or at least approaching us after concerts what's one of the first things they always want to talk about right is the conductor yeah right? we, we really like this conductor i think you know i hear that a lot which is great i mean i don't want to hear we really hated that conductor that's true because then we might feel that we didn't somehow do our job in right. the concert <laughs> sure if all you came away with was that you hated the conductor <laughs> You know, we're we're supposed to be the ones coming away with that, not the <laughs> audience. And we do. So, why why do you think that is? I mean, besides maybe the obvious reason, the conductor's up on a podium waving 
arms around and their name is really big in the program, I mean, why are audience members fixated on the conductor? And is that right? I mean, is the conductor's job that big that they should be so fixated? Yeah, I mean, definitely, I can see how someone's attention is automatically drawn there. I mean, where else are they going to look? I mean, there's a lot of moving parts and and we're all supposedly tuned into this one person. So that makes sense that the audience would feel that they're getting something of our experience by watching this person. Yeah. So ideally, right. I mean, we're focused on the conductor, so that should also draw their attention to the conductor. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's a great place to start is what the role of a conductor is or, you know, or should be, at least according to us. And Mm -hmm. after that, we're going to get into what maybe what their what their job shouldn't be things conductors do and don't do that we dislike is that the longest section of the of the show yeah i mean it's uh something i've certainly thought a lot about (laughs) all right we'll we'll try to keep that constructive though after that i uh, i know we were going to get into perhaps what what happens when those conductors sort of spend their their time and their energy doing the things that aren't productive what what are some of the ways that orchestras not necessarily us or our orchestra sort of retaliate things, i think things we've definitely seen we've witnessed yeah yeah and uh i warn you they're not all super mature or maybe none of them are but all right but human uh, nature musician nature nonetheless it is a glimpse into uh what it's like you know the dynamic of uh of being subordinate to this person right and then finishing up, I think, with some examples of what we really love about great conductors and great conducting. Yeah, and on a positive note. Yeah. Sound like a bunch of complainers. Yeah. So, we've okay, we've got the, the role, conductor's role as it should be, then maybe conductor's role as it shouldn't or needn't be, ways that orchestras respond to those uh, bad uses of time and energy. Sound like Jeopardy categories. Yeah, we'd need pithier... <laughs> pithier names and uh or at least sean connery here to (laughs) do the categories well great well let's start it off what what should a conductor be doing up there why should the audience as well as the musicians focus on the conductor in the best of circumstances so i mean the obviously the very basic thing they tell us when to play how fast to play how loud or soft to play show us how many beats are in every measure right that's sure as you said on the most basic level that includes, yeah, starting and stopping, tempos, dynamics. Yeah, so that's the, the very basics, right? So These are things that would matter in the performance. There are things they need to do in the rehearsal. They have jobs in the rehearsal as well, right? Sure, and I think one of the things that I'm always surprised at is that um, not, not very many conductors are great at addressing and fixing problems efficiently, and it always seems to stun me when somebody is good at that stuff. It really seems remarkable, even though it seems sort of basic. Right. So, I mean, that, you know, deciding when to start and stop in rehearsal as well and what to say and how to say it. Yeah. And so, who to say it to. Yeah. It's a big a one. We'll, we'll get to some details in the next <laughs> section. Yeah. It's a big deal. This stuff sounds like it should just be sort of standard, but surprisingly not. Anything else you've uh, taken down there in some notes? I think for us, we always love when a conductor, first of all, of course, they have to really love the music. 
that, that sounds basic again, but it somehow doesn't feel like a given in, in actual practice. They have to love it to the point where everything that they're saying to you and doing physically is in the service of the music and not for any other reason. I mean, it sounds, this is going to sound petty or, some, or or not very nice to say, but there's a certain amount of vanity, I think, that goes can go with conductors conducting. And I think it's, you know, a little bit on display. And I, even, you know, the great ones, everybody has that vanity. I mean, they're, it's not really a natural thing to want to stand in front of a bunch of people and tell them what to do, you know, in a very exposed way. I think the kind of personality who's attracted to that, of course, there's a certain amount of vanity to that. But I think the great conductors, ultimately, what they do seems just very much about the music. And mm-hmm. you feel that you're being drawn into a collaboration to present this music in the way that, you know, that they choose, but you don't feel like your will is being bent to theirs, (laughs) you know? And again, this sounds basic, like who wants their will bent to, to somebody and then, you know, and then presented as, as art, but it it does sometimes feel that way with, you know, there can be a little bit of a struggle. Well, I mean, you said something that I think is important. Uh, I mean, to play the music for the orchestra, to play the music as the conductor, sees it or understands it. I mean, is it, uh, it's pretty necessary, I think, in the best performances that the orchestra pulls together, right? I mean, there has to be a common vision and that pretty much has to come from the podium. I mean, in rare circumstances, you can get 100 people going in the same direction without that one unifying force, but then you've got to rely, you've got to be playing music that everyone's familiar with and there has to be a shared tradition or understanding among those hundred people on stage. Otherwise it's yeah. going to come from the person who's up there. And then, you know, you hear about, I've never played obviously in Berlin or Vienna, like a place where people really have trained in a very similar way in similar schools, same schools, you know? And so the part of the beauty of an ensemble like that is that there's, there's a certain uniformity that's expected and has been trained into these people. And I, that, like, that's an incredible thing, you know, and I think that's one huge advantage that orchestras like that have, because, you know, you're just going to hear something extraordinary that you wouldn't really get where some, some orchestras, it's like the beauty is actually that everybody brings a different strength to the table. And then that when, when, you know, when that's all brought together in the right way, it's, it's the energy is really incredible and that's a different thing, but yeah, the, Downside is no women in the orchestra, right? There's a few. <laughs> Vienna. Yeah. In Berlin is like well, normal yeah, Ber- there. Berlin has always been a bit more cosmopolitan, I guess. I guess there's several reasons I won't be a member of the Berlin Phil anytime soon, but <laughs> forever. But I think I come back to this theme a lot. It's probably it's going to sound a little shop-worn, but I, I have this thing about conductors and how their rehearsal time should be spent. And it bugs me when a conductor rehearses, gets very hung up on something like an ensemble issue, and they just keep rehashing it and rehashing it, and like you know, really saying this has to be together. You know, let's play this together. To me, that's one of the least effective comments that a conductor can make because I think what they're really supposed to be doing is training everybody's focus. And everybody facilitating everybody's connections, not just with the conductor, but with each other, so that this th- hypothetical conductor is so good at 
getting everybody to play a passage and to listen to each other because this person is not just drawing attention to themselves and saying, look at me. They're, they're drawing attention to the music. And I think that's, that's a much more important thing to do. I think if you're just telling people to, to play together, it's, it's a very vague and not particularly lofty goal. And I think it's not as effective as just, as just getting in the general mindset of, of playing together. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like we're, we're, we're definitely now into the, the portion of things we're talking about what <laughs> ineffective ways that conductors can, sure, I can guess, run things. Yeah. yeah. It's the good stuff. Sorry. I couldn't, couldn't the, the lure of, of complaining was too strong. Ah, no, I, I think again, I mean, you've, you've really hit on it. I mean, playing together is a great thing, but when that is your focus, you get tunnel vision, right? I mean, it's hard. You, you can lose sight of, but, of I mean, why it needs it's to be very, together. It's, it's not really achievable on an individual basis. That's true. Yeah. You know, that's How the other I thing. It's like you're telling to... individuals to play together and, and it's like, you know, it's as if we're just like kind of swimming along and like a school of fish and it's like, we'll swim, swim, you know, parallel to that person with a fish <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> on the other side of the school. And you're like, I don't know what that fish is doing. They're all the way over there. <laughs> true. You know, we need, we need, like I mean, a, if everybody's we need a swimming current. towards we need, something. Yeah, if the current is guiding us in like one, you know, that's when we need a current. We don't need instructions. Yeah, very true. Or at the very least, I mean, if there are two individuals, let's say, two solo lines that aren't together, then it's possible if those two people know each other very well and they simply weren't aware that their lines were supposed to be together then sure, maybe you could say, okay, the two of you need to be together there and maybe that would work. And I would respect that. That would be a, an effective way to you, you say those, you know, you need to play faster. This needs to be slower. This, you know, that's, that works. Well, yeah. And then, then that's, you know, and I don't know if uh, some people would be surprised to hear that, that actually that would be effective and, and perhaps better respected for a conductor to say, Actually, you need to play faster. You need you need to play slower. But if that they're is right one of the things it. we like. Yeah, we like because then you're not wasting. And this gets to one of the things we hate. We hate wasting of time. Sure. You know, and that maybe that sounds like something uniquely American. You know, because we have these rules about <laughs> rehearsal time and breaks and blah. Gotta blah. be efficient. <laughs> yeah, basically. But I mean, th- I think the great ones really are efficient. I mean, it's not that they don't need a lot of rehearsal time, but they don't waste time on things that can be done more quickly. Well, do you have other examples you've thought of, of ways to waste time? And then maybe we could also pair those with how it would. Well, first of all, the, the okay, sorry, the number one thing I think we notice sometimes that we'll remark on. So let's just start the movement and then you play the whole thing. Oh, right. When they don't say why. Oh, they don't say why. That's yeah, that's yeah. one thing. Well, how can you say why you're playing the whole thing? It's like, you know, it's just oh yeah, even why you're even starting it. Well, but they can say you know, let, I want to hear the beginning again, which is legitimate. You want to get off to a good start, right? So then you start playing, and then you keep playing and playing. And then you realize, hey, we're more than halfway through this movement now. It looks like <laughs> I don't looks think like we're, we're getting all the way to the end. <laughs> or then they'll stop like one couple lines before the end and be like, all right, that's enough, right? Yeah. Look, <laughs> <laughs> well, last eight minutes of my life back. And the one where the conductor will be, he or she will ask for a passage and then you'll play it and then look up and this person is 
rifling through the score, still waving their arms, still around, conducting, kind of absentmindedly <laughs> giving a beat, and meanwhile flipping pages through the score like they're they're just going to let you play, you know. They're just going to let you go ahead and just keep keep cranking out the music while they they figure out what they want to do next. Yeah, well, they're terrified of the silence, right? They think uh, if is they... that what is? I, I I can't say why they do it, but it's it's certainly irritating to see someone just sort of looking down into a huge thing of music and just you know with a right hand just yeah continues well, to I, wave I mean, around. They know they've th- that's the sign of someone who knows they've lost the orchestra, and if they stop, if there's silence, they know there's going to be everybody's head's going to be swiveling in a hundred directions and talking and well, that's not know. good. We shouldn't. I mean, that's not. I'm not saying response. it's good, but that that's what that's when people do it is when they know that's what's going to happen, and so they they want to transition directly from putting their arms down to immediately yelling out the next bar to start, and but that yeah. of course virtually ensures that no yeah, real it information is going to increases our lack of focus for sure. Anything else? I don't know if this falls under time wasting, but um, we we definitely don't like comments that are geared to the worst players and i'm saying this as a as a person who plays in this you know in a section of players so that it's not just us and so you know there's 16 maybe first violins so our comment will be will come our way and it's it's like don't put a big accent on this note you know and it's sort of you know and it, it could be that there is a little bit of an emphasis on the wrong note there but i think the best conductors will find a much more productive way to phrase that. And it's sort of the classic management thing. You don't say, don't do this. You say what you want instead. Right. But I think it is, it's effective. And it and that engages everybody, including the, I don't want to say talented players, but it, it gets everybody interested. I mean, I find a, a big thing is like, you know, I, I feel like, well, you know, we weren't, I can't, I didn't hear that. And I, I wasn't doing it myself. And I, I find that frustrating after a certain number of those comments go by, then then everybody thinks, well, these comments don't apply to me. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's say one time I put an accent on the wrong note, immediately the conductor stops and it's like, you guys are accenting this note. And, you know, probably I already knew that I did that. And then everyone else who didn't do it, they're like, well, it doesn't really matter what I do because I'm just going to get yelled at as long as anybody does anything. We did have a colleague at one point who used to say, I didn't do that. Did you do that? <laughs> yeah, pretty loudly. <laughs> and uh, I always found that really entertaining. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, sometimes in a in a string section, it feels a little bit like the, uh, you know, Marines discipline or something like in the movie Full Metal Jacket where the, the drill sergeant says, all right, new tactic from now on. <laughs> Whenever this guy screws up, you're all going to run laps or you know, have to scrub toilets or whatever. Yeah, it feels like that. Huh? But there is another way, which is to, yeah, sort of hold out the, I was going to say donut. I guess it's a carrot. Well, carrot's more of a reward, but... Jelly donut. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to say here's what we're all after or what we should be after and, and let's do what we need to achieve that. Yeah. Again, maybe that seems kind of obvious, but I, I do feel like it, it's kind of consistent. It happens all the time and I really wish it wouldn't. I think there's also a feeling that, you know, and again, I think this evaporates when we're in the presence of someone who really is great and makes us not want to complain. But I think we have spent so much time with our instruments over our lives 
that I, I think that we're very sensitive to ideas that seem not particularly well-baked musically. And we get a lot of those, I think, or some of those, anyway, in a, in a less-than-ideal rehearsal or with a less-than-ideal conductor. You know, sometimes I'll turn to you and say, you know, there's a conductor who says something like, I don't know, something that seems sort of rudimentary to me. And I think, honestly, if we were in a chamber music rehearsal, if it was just, you know, four people sitting there playing music, I don't think that this would even qualify as a legitimate comment to make about <laughs> how the rehearsal's going, you know, like we, because we'd be playing instead of talking. I mean, I think there's a lot of instruction that goes on from the conductor that isn't necessarily, doesn't have to be there. I think that we love when it, when things are, the majority of things are shown or I think a big rule for us in, in chamber rehearsals is that instead of talking about it ad nauseum, you, you just say, let's just play it again and see what works. You know, certainly that's not possible necessarily in such a large group of people, but I think that spirit should prevail over, you know, a lot of instructional rehearsing, which I think eventually you will lose people if you're just talking, talking, talking. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, some really enjoyable rehearsing that I remember was, um, for example, when Andrew Manzi, who was... I think I can say now at this point was a great violinist because when I asked him, he said he hadn't performed in a long time. <laughs> but he would often say, you know, I, I'm not sure which direction I want to go with this. Could we play it a couple different ways and let's hear how it sounds? And I mean, everybody was more than willing to do that. And ultimately, he, you know, has to be the one to say, okay, I'm going to go with option B or whatever. And obviously, you know, you can't make every decision that way. You, <laughs> some things should probably be thought out in advance, but I found that a really great way to, to make a decision rather than, yeah. you know, coming <clears throat> up with, as you said, half-baked justifications for arbitrary things and not even hearing an alternative. Yeah. And I, I just, I think that if you tell people to do something, I mean, you can write things down, you can write in sort of basic things. We're not going to write down every word they're saying into our music. It's just not practical. And so if you're coming up with ideas that seemingly require like a paragraph of verbal explanation, it's like, that's just, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. You know, I mean, you have to find a way to put that into gesture. Don't you find words written in your music sometimes? Like we'll, we'll come to something and it'll say luscious in our part. And I'm like, huh, I wonder which conductor used that word. Cause obviously that you mean like it's been written from, in like as a joke? Like as, <laughs> I feel like it's probably a joke. <laughs> yeah, there's some of that. And then, you know, one of our very favorite conductors, I mean, he was not even a fan of rehearsing very much at all. <laughs> and that True. had its downsides. But I mean, like, what an incredible feeling it was to, that is one way to get everybody looking at you. That's true. <laughs> Everyone is wondering what's going to happen. They have to. <laughs> you know, and that's, but it's incredible. Like, to, it, there's some amazing performances that happen. Sure, there, there are moments that turns in the music that maybe were a, a little messy or, or pretty messy, you know, but <laughs> like the very best results are so much more musical than something that's been planned down to the last. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that definitely pulls focus. It always reminds me kind of in like in an NBA game when there's two seconds left and one team's down by one and they're about to inbound the ball and they have 
like <laughs> one great three-point shooter on the team or just one great <laughs> shooter on the team and the announcers, you know, before the ball is thrown in, they're like, all right, you know it's going to Phillips. Like everybody that? on that court knows it's going guy to Phillips. Guy with the longest and, arms doing jumping jacks in front of that guy. <laughs> and, you know, the there's one famous example where you, that was the situation and then inexplicably the person who was in charge of guarding, you know, Phillips or whoever it was <laughs> at the last second ran away from them to like double team somebody else. <laughs> and so the guy who was obviously going to take the last shot took the last shot wide open and made it. <laughs> and yeah, that, that's like, anyway, I'm imagining a conductor who didn't rehearse at all. And you basically have to be staring at them for this vital piece of information in the concert. And you decide you're going to like look down, and flatten out the page or something. <laughs> and yeah, we've certainly seen that too. <laughs> yeah. Any, any other either time wasting or, or ineffective or, or just wrong. Yeah. Fake accents. Have you ever complained <laughs> about the fake accents? It's something that's, that's wrong and should not happen. You're then you're talking about speaking. Yeah, accents. we get some overpronunciation of it can it can range from just full on where are you really from to <laughs> you know to to just overpronouncing certain words. Now you know that's nitpicking. That's sort of it's you know it's what what the halo effect is, right? It's like you've already just kind of written this person off, and oh, okay, and they start doing that stuff, and that's just you know. so yeah, the, the fake accents. That's a that's that's a real petty one that we. We get annoyed with. I think, you know, it, in the end, I think the resentment is partially because we're kind of slaving away and, you know, we're, it's, it's hard work up there on the podium too, don't get me wrong, but I do feel like we're working very, very hard, some of us, to, to produce something special. And then it's just the nature of Orchestra Players Anonymous. Like, you don't, like, they, they'll take the credit and some of them are, are much too happy to take the credit and and seem very pleased with themselves. <laughs> like, hey, you know, I think. And that was the, the very episode before this one. Yeah. Titled Orchestra Players Anonymous. So the double-edged can... sword of anonymity there. Well, yeah. And that, that really cuts across industries, right? I mean, no matter what sure. your job is, if, if you feel like you're working hard Any team toward a certain result yeah. and the person in charge of you is not or does not give the impression that they're also working hard for that result. I mean, that's just instant morale. Well, they're still, they're working hard. It's just, you know, there's no music without us playing. And I think, again, veering into the great conductor thing, I think the great conductors do make their players feel appreciated. Even if it's, you know, you say, well, what are they supposed to do? They can't shake everybody's hand. That's true, (laughs) but they don't have to. You know, there are lots of ways where their appreciation is expressed Mm -hmm. in in nonverbal or non- non-gestural ways it's just you know either just a feeling or you know we can get more into it later but yeah well let's like you said we can save a little of that so that we're going out yeah. going out strong and, happy and positive i know at a certain point you had some some fun and as you said slightly immature things maybe that orchestras do when they're faced with the the bad conductor behavior is it time to get into those could I, I fear you know what kind of people we're gonna sound like mentioning this. and we haven't done these say these are just things we know about things you've seen mm-hmm. friends we heard it through the orchestra mm-hmm. grapevine yeah right. such as <laughs> number one we're not looking up 
Right. You know, so whenever someone comes up to us and say, we really loved that conductor after the concert, I, you know, I think, did you not notice that we weren't looking up like at all? Because that's something that we do. And it's not even an active thing that we are trying to do necessarily. It's just that <laughs> after a certain point, we feel that, you know, we're pretty tired and this person isn't really giving us anything to, any reason to look up. So we're going to go ahead and just play the music to the best of our abilities without unnecessary input from the podium. Well, it's like when you go to a restaurant and, you know, as soon as you pick up the menu, they come over, the server comes over and gives you the five minute speech. And like, you can't at a certain way, you can't even crane your neck up anymore. You're just, you start staring at the menu and you just, it's like, <laughs> I've got, I've gotten whatever I'm going to get. I, I've checked out. I, I haven't heard a word you've said for the last three minutes. And <laughs> all of a sudden there's silence and you, yeah, it's like the end of the piece. You suddenly look up and like, oh, is, is it done? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Time to place my order. This is, after a certain amount of droning, you just start tuning out. So that's probably number one one. And so we were joking the other day that if you really want to know, if the audience really wants to know how a concert is going, don't bother trying to stare at the podium, don't scrutinize necessarily. Just look at the, look at the body language of the orchestra and that's how you'll know how good the week has been how great the music making has, has been. Well, this really came back to bite me once when I was asked at an LA Phil, yeah, in an LA Phil concert, I was asked if at the end of the concert, I might stick around because there was going to be a post-concert Q&A with some audience members. Was it the two of us, uh, actually? I'm and not sure. the conductor. And so... Concert's over, we clear the stage, I come back along with the conductor and a moderator. And the very first question came from the audience. Now I noticed, Maestro, that for you know, the first movement of the symphony, you used the baton, and for the second movement, you didn't use one. Could you tell us why? And instead of just directly answering the question, the conductor actually passed it along to me and and he said, you know, what What did you think of that? Did that make a difference to you? And I actually laughed and I said, I, I, I have to be totally honest. I, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I don't <laughs> so, remember this. Yeah, so it must have just been me on stage. But I mean, the audience laughed and I, I wasn't trying to make any kind of a point and I actually was a little embarrassed. But, you know, I, I think I probably even was looking up and I just, <laughs> I didn't notice that detail. Yeah, that's or, not too bad. It's not too bad. It's but like, at least I, I think like they the audience switched took the conductor as, on you, and you didn't notice. That's that's true. The I think hobo. The audience took it as I I hadn't looked up for two solid movements. Yeah, yeah, it's, didn't make you look so great. <laughs> as most of these won't make us look very good. So during rehearsal, one of the things that we we do, and you know, this sort of starts imperceptibly and starts rippling outward. This the talking, the lack, the, the inattention rehearsal that manifests as sort of like people talking to each other, whispering and sort of shifting around your seat. There's a lot of creaky noises. There are people who will make those noises on purpose to be cute or funny. It is annoying. It does drive me crazy, yeah. for the record. <laughs> but that is one of those things, like trying to telegraph in a very immature and impotent way that we're unhappy. <laughs> also, someplace where I've played, one of the sections of the strings would make a weird noise with their bow to express unhappiness with how time was being spent in rehearsal. Oh, I... That's right. 
Yeah. I it was forgot a, it was, it was a like, snapping noise that they would make. That's right. Yeah. It was like the weird little plastic tubing on, on a cello bow. I was trying to avoid which section it was, but. Oh, we well, didn't even say which orchestra. <laughs> I so. didn't. So. Yeah. I forgot it was like about a rubber, that. It was like a piece of rubber that, you know, it's on the stick and they would pull it back repeatedly. So it would make a noise. We've seen open sort of, I wouldn't say disrespect. Well, I guess maybe it verges on disrespect. That. I mean, yeah, once it starts to get a little bit chippy between specific musician and the conductor, that and then that definitely happens. Don't you wish we had referees sometimes like in, I mean, again, I'm thinking of basketball or football too, where, yeah, the announcers, yeah, they'll use that word chippy too. And things are getting chippy out there. Uh, yeah. Refs really have to take control of this game before it gets out of hand. And yeah, I've definitely felt that in rehearsals. Like we need, we need a break. We need a timeout. Or like we need someone to come on and take control of this thing before it gets out of hand. Yeah, it's happened a couple times. And of course, we've, we've actually witnessed the worst things have been between musicians, actually, where I really felt like somebody needed to come out and right. you know, well, separate, that, yeah. separate like the players. For a wrestling so referee. For that. <laughs> yeah. So that's happened. But with regards to the conductors, yeah, we've seen, you know, maybe we'd mention the time that a conductor actually left after rehearsal was over, got in the car and told the driver to take him to the airport because he was so unhappy with a question that he'd gotten from the concert master. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so that's that's happened. And, uh, and they had to be talked back into actually finishing out the week. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, that was in response to what we felt was was playing needlessly without any any actual rehearsal. Right. And so that was a situation where the the orchestra started letting their displeasure be known. The conductor took the bait, basically, and said, oh, so you're not happy? Then Then we'll just play and I won't stop you and then we'll all be happy. And then, yeah, it was at the end of that rehearsal that the conductor... Tried to leave town. <laughs> so yeah, these are all those. Those are the the big things. I think that the big ways in which we're we express our unhappiness with a situation. And I mean, in less direct ways, I mean, there's there's musical retaliation, not in the sense that people try to play badly, but people perhaps stop trying to play their best. I don't think there's any way you can play your best when that's the collective mindset on stage. And so things really regress to the sort of bare minimum, the baseline. It's like Sure, but I think I think at the concert, I don't really ever think of a time when we all shut down playing wise. I don't really think no. that happens. I think that we are sometimes successful in shutting out what's happening up there. Yeah. Um, and I and I and that's honestly, unfortunate because you know that's supposed to be a connection that makes the whole thing work. But you know, I mean, the orchestra is like its own little organism. We can function with a bare minimum of information from up there. And I I think too. I mean, it's it's hard for me to remember a time that a grudge was held in both directions, like all the way through. You know, the concerts too. I, I generally feel like even when rehearsals have been kind of can't wait to get this person out of town. I feel like the concert starts and there's there's something in the body language, almost guaranteed, something in the body language of the conductor that says, all right, guys, you you know everything that happened before was just kind of like, you know, I didn't mean any of that, right? Like, we, well, we need each a, other now. So yeah, let's, I think it's a feeling like, let, let's, ideally, we're all here just to, to 
in service of this music. So let's. Yeah, I really do feel like do that. That, that yeah. does win the day. I mean, it's like there's no more fooling around. I mean, there's there's people there listening. <laughs> We're all going to spend the next two hours together, and we do need each other. I mean, the the players need the conductor. The conductor obviously needs the players. And in the end, that necessity. Well, there's probably some great expression that starts with the word necessity, but <laughs> necessity is the mother of an ensemble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that, that works. Necessity is the mother of getting through the concert. Well, is this a good time to close out with what we love about great conductors, great, great ways of bringing an orchestra through through a week of wonderful music? Yeah. Do we always agree when a conductor is great? I mean, that's a tricky one. I think, you know, it's easy for me to say, oh, when a conductor is great, we do this or that. But certainly there, there isn't always 100% agreement on that. I mean, it's if, if you mean we as in you and me, it's easier for us to agree because I think we sit so close to each other mm-hmm. and our perspectives are... You're scared of me. So. A lot more... <laughs> gonna come up, you're out of your mind. That's for, that's for sure. That guy stank. But if you're saying we as in the orchestra, then no, wow, there are some different perspectives. There can be, but I I feel like there is surprisingly a good amount of agreement, I would say. And I know this partially because I was in charge of tallying um, responses, actual survey responses for a while. And um, I have to say there's, you know, it's surprisingly unified. There's always a few outliers, but. Yeah, I mean, I think there's always an understanding like if one person in the orchestra says this conductor is just fantastic, it's rare that someone else who's, who had been through those same rehearsals and concerts would say, like, I just don't understand where they're coming from at all. There's nothing great about that conductor. I mean, I think generally there's at least a sense like, okay, they must be talking about this aspect, you know, even though I really didn't like this person overall, I could see what the you know there's something there i can see what they're talking about yeah that's true i think that like the great ones they're not conducting in the sense that they're in charge of us they're a medium for for our focus to to flow into the audience that sounds sort of cheesy but um i think they're conducting in the sense like a filament conducts or something you know it's not dictatorial i think the worst the worst situations where you feel like that's the case. Although, you know, there are different types of great conductors. There's, we had one who, who was extremely scary, great musician, and everyone's focus was, you know, it, it was like, you know, their way or the highway. So this person might still be conducting, which is why we're not going to say yeah. <laughs> who they are in case we play There's for them. No again. chance that this person's ever going to hear about this podcast, but it wouldn't have worked without them being a great musician. That's right. Sure. If you're going to do things that way, then you have to be right 100% of the time. Yeah. Which they pretty much were. Was, either you thought that or you could leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's a tricky thing, though, to, yeah, to appear as though you're helping all the musicians out. You're, you know, you're uh, channeling their music, but, but yet to remain really in control because you have to be. That's a tricky yeah. balance. I think, well, I mean, if everyone is thinking of this the right way, then we realize our energy has to go in that direction. I think that ends up lining everything up. You know, it's like a magnet that pulls all the other little magnets into line. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't go around and, you know, adjust each magnet by hand. It's not going to happen. 
<laughs> fish, so magnets, whatever. A magnet or a fish. Yeah. <laughs> can't you can't swim next to a magnet and expect it to <laughs> line up. And I I think we always come back to this, and this is also going to sound maybe kind of vain, but it's like we we love being appreciated. And you would think it would not be possible to appreciate everybody in this situation, and yet it, it sort of is. I mean, and we've seen great conductors. They sincerely say, this is just is great. You know, this is really wonderful. And then, and then when they get what they want, I mean, they're not happy when they don't get what they want, but they don't take out their anger in an unfocused way. They'll, you know, it's okay to get annoyed, but get annoyed at the source of the problem and, and, and in the service of fixing it. Don't get annoyed just to vent some frustration. That's, you know, that's one of the, one of the number one things that starts turning us off. You know, so I think the great ones, they just know how to, you know, they either make eye contact, they look pleased. I mean, these are very basic things that I think that we, we yeah. really respond to, you know, I mean, in the end, music making is a very visceral thing and we respond to visceral cues. Yeah, it is weird how, and I'm not even sure that flattery is the right word, but but it's weird, you know, you'd think, or I would think, okay, I've been playing for 30 some years, I've been a professional for 20 years, you know, it shouldn't matter to me if some conductor I've never met before says to my section, oh, you, you know, you have a beautiful sound, like that shouldn't really mean anything, right? That just sounds like empty flattery, but somehow you're right, in the, in the middle of a rehearsal, you play a phrase and the conductor says, that's just a gorgeous sound you make. They, you know, you know it, it can just be as much as just like just saying yes, and then... That's true. You know? That's all they need to say, or not even. They just have a smile on their face. Yeah, and it's you know true. that you did it, it really, right. It really means something. You you think, yeah, I, I am playing well. Oh, and it's 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 an animal thing too. It's like you just you you crave that positive reinforcement. It's like when we were training our dog when we first got her, and she was a mess, <laughs> you know. And so you don't you don't obviously zap them with a shock collar. You don't do these terrible things to them <laughs> to get them. You you know you give them a treat when they do something right. <laughs> we would like the <laughs> metaphorical tree. <laughs> Another goes hand in hand in hand with things I don't like, but we don't like when a conductor just decides, again, this is from pr string perspective, conductor has obviously decided strings are always too loud. <laughs> and they make a joke out of it. You know, oh, it's already too loud before we start playing or something. And you're like, you know, that's not really funny. Right. And then you spend the whole time with we say the hand and the face, right? Just, you know, we're all looking at we're 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 looking up at this person. The one of the best ways to get a section to stop looking at you is if you every time they look up, the palm is outstretched <laughs> to suppress your the glory of your sound and to <laughs> right. You mean palm down? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not outstretched, like give me more. No, but, not yeah. yeah, not palm up. No, it's palm down or to the side, like stay over there. Out of the way, you, you. stay in your corner. How dare you, yeah. you know, infringe on, on the glory of the rest of the orchestra here? Yeah, and I think that a, a great conductor, part of feeling appreciated, clearly, because you don't feel appreciated when someone's hand is urging you to, to play less. They coax exuberant playing from you as well as asking for, you know, expressive softness. Like these are all, you're being expressive in all aspects. You never feel with a great conductor that you were just... You've got music written there, but you don't really want to hear it. Right. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, certain conductors have a way of making every dynamic seem 
as though you're playing too loud. I mean, obviously, pianissimo, you know, that, that that's too easy. You can always tell a, a string section that a pianissimo is too loud. Piano, you have piano. Why are you playing forte? You know, mezzo piano and mezzo forte. Well, same thing. This is not forte. It's not forte, yeah. <laughs> and then you have forte, but oh, please, you're, you're playing this like it's an aggressive forte. This needs to be an expert. And then fortissimo. Please, it's like, well, we, you may have forte, <laughs> but guess what? The, the oboe has, has, has double forte. Right. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Finally, you get fortissimo with accents. <laughs> Why so aggressive? We, you know, we, we have three fortes at the end of the movement. And, but right, if it, it, you got to... Let the brass lead there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Now we're venting for sure. But <laughs> we say we saved it till now. But no, I mean, we haven't it, started in on each other yet, you know, <laughs> tearing down the other sections. But yeah, I mean, as long as a conductor gives gives you rain, sometimes then you know, then it makes sense. Those other times when you <laughs> when you can't just run wild. Yeah, and and I, I still I, I can't think of my favorite conductors doing a lot of a whole lot of shushing unless it was really warranted. Right. You know, we we don't like to be shushed. That's for sure. So what's what's the final final recipe? We build the the perfect conductor in a lab. We we <laughs> we program there. It's kind of like RoboCop. We have to program in there all their primary directives. They have to direct traffic well enough to keep things from falling apart. I sure. guess they have to manage rehearsal time in an efficient way, mm-hmm. solving problems quickly, quickly and in a targeted fashion, while keeping everybody motivated and and aligned toward the common musical goal mm-hmm. common musical vision they help everyone feel valued for their contributions yeah i think that they let you know when they're not particularly pleased but they also let you know when they're happy yeah no, that sounds great sign me up <laughs> no we i mean <laughs> robo conductor robo robo conductor if you've not seen RoboCop or haven't seen it in a while, it is an awesome movie. And RoboCop has a secret directive too. I don't know if we'd have to put one of those. Remember, well, I don't I don't want to give any spoilers, but he's programmed. And this movie's from like 30 years ago, so. I know, but if someone hasn't seen it, they should experience it for the first time. And a bit of trivia, the bad guy from RoboCop did come to an LA film. It's true. Beethoven, Beethoven misses Solemnus. Kurtwood Smith, if you're Maybe out we there. We haven't seen him since, so I'm not sure that we... Maybe he's just... I'm sure we wowed him. Mises Solemnus was Beethoven's favorite piece that he wrote. Oh, at dear. least he he said at one point. So maybe that was Kurtwood Smith's favorite piece and he goes to every performance of it that he can find. But when I saw that face out there, I, that, I was not looking at the conductor. I'm sorry, Michael Tilson Thomas, because <laughs> I, I love playing for MTT, but I could only look out at... Clarence Boddicker. Wishing, wishing he were on the podium. Oh. <laughs> but no, RoboCop was programmed with not only the good, you know, upholding law and order kind of directives, but he had a secret directive that even he didn't know about. And I feel like we'd have to program our perfect conductor with, yeah, some, some oh, believe secret. Believe me, someone out there is programming the perfect orchestra musician right now and that's true. <laughs> They're going to replace with all kinds us. of directives. <laughs> Robo fiddle. <laughs> yeah. All right. Whoever's out there working on that project, cease cease the work immediately. Yeah. Send them right. an email. Well, 
Great. Remember to uh, check out the podcast, Every Little Thing, because, uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear their episode on orchestra concerts. Well, maybe and... you should wait till I tell you how it went and then. Okay. Yeah. Akiko will tell yeah. us how it went at the next episode. Yeah, but... and then, then you can listen to it. And we're so grateful that you spend this time with us. Can't wait to, <laughs> to invite ourselves back into your earbuds or car radio or wherever. So thanks so much. And we'll see you the next episode of Sand Partners for Life. <laughs>